What's going on, friends and fam? Thank you so much for tuning in to Every Day's a Saturday with your host, me, myself, and I, Brian Roof. Hey, guys, another great day, another great interview. Before we get into it, though, let's talk a little bit about uh, what's going on with Every Day's a Saturday. Um, we got a couple more episodes, and then we're going to cap off season one, which I wish I should end somewhere around 50 interviews, which is pretty amazing considering I started in January. And then um, I want to say I did 25 episodes where I, it was just me kind of doing a solo episode and tons and tons of Wacky Wednesdays and Throwback Thursdays. So um, November 13th will be the last episode for uh, season one. And then season two will kick back up in January. And then uh, we'll start January 9th. That's when I started season one. So I thought it would be great to start season two, same date. And then, uh, you know, it's not we're not going to stop things completely. I'll still be doing Wacky Wednesdays and uh, Conspiracy Fridays. Um, so not going to go away completely. It's just every day is a Saturday. We're going to do a couple new things to uh, the, you know, the intro and change up a couple little things. Um, and then we're going to start fresh off on, in January for uh, season two. But let's go ahead and get into my next guest. My next guest served his country proud for 20 years in the United States Coast Guard, retiring September 1st, 2022. He was born in Portland, Maine, and his father was in the Army, which had him move around quite a bit as a kid. Him and his brother both joined the Coast Guard. He decided to make a career of it while his brother did four years, then got out and became a police officer. Let's meet my next guest, Lance Buchanan. What's going on, Brian? What's up, Lance? Hey, man, welcome to the show. Appreciate and, you having uh, me. Hey, man, absolutely. Uh, you know what? Man, I think uh, you're about episode 48, and Let's I finally go. got my first Coast Guard <laughs> guest. And so I, I'm excited, bro, because for one, you know, a lot, a lot of people usually say, you know, you know, uh, when they're going, when they went in the Marines, that they looked elsewhere. A lot of yep. people, you know, they're like, yeah, I went straight for the Marines, you know. <laughs> now, for me, I actually was looking around and I, I really wanted to go coast guard, but you know, because, uh, me getting out of class and taking the ASVAB, I didn't score very well. Um, they were like, nah, you're going to have to retake that ASVAB. You want to get in the coast guard. And I was like, nah, man, I don't want to do that. So I'll just go eat crayons with my buddies over in the Marines. <laughs> uh, but Hey brother, let's go ahead and get to know Lance, man. I mean, there's a lot to you, bro. Like you, uh, grew up in Maine, which is another, intriguing thing and then you moved around quite a bit with your dad since he was in the army and did 20 years of coast guard man you've got a whole bunch of stories let's let's hear all about yourself yeah man i appreciate it first off congratulations on almost hitting 50 man it's gonna be that's a heck of a milestone dude that's hey, really awesome you. yeah uh, i appreciate you, letting me be part of this 48 man saving the best for last i like that that's good stuff yeah, yeah. Uh, shout out to all the other vets out there man I, I i love every branch um you know just because we're a little bit higher doesn't mean we're better I think we are, but that's just us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think every branch thinks that. That's about right. Everybody thinks that. that. Yeah. Um, overall, though, man, like I, I, it's awesome to be here. My my, my journey, my story, um, I'm sure is a lot like some of the other vets out there. But uh, I started in Maine, like you said, when I was born. Uh, my father was a uh, a flight medic in the army, um, so he had that that medical background. Um, he got out of the military, uh, and that's where we we uh, settled down in Maine. He became a paramedic firefighter out there and then got called to the mission field to kind of take his uh, his medical expertise out there in the field. So we moved to the Bahamas, um, small little island in Rum Cay. Um, 
It's 300 people lived on the island at the time, no electricity. I mean, it was, it was desolate to say the least. Um, you know, we got supplies sent in through mailboat, but we built a church, we helped medical, you know, build a clinic, all that stuff. Um, and that's when I got the taste for helping people. That's where I kind of got it in my blood right there. We uh, moved back to the States after a couple of years there. Um, we just moved into North Carolina, South Carolina border called Fort Mill, right by Charlotte. Um, did some, you know, normal life there. I uh, did went back to school, um, started doing normal stuff until about, I don't know, five years later. My dad got called again to the mission field and we moved down to Belize, Central America, um, wow. which was which was interesting. You know, having a life that you're getting comfortable with in the States and all of a sudden moving with your family to another completely different country. Um, we lived on a houseboat um, and we you know, moved down there, lived there for three years, um, built clinics, did a lot of medical work, uh, a bunch of hurricanes that went through. I helped uh, a lot of the local missionaries with building homes for people and really serving people as much as we possibly could. Um, but when I turned 18, I was starting to question what I'm going to do with my life. It's time for me to be a man, me to, me to get out there and do my thing. Um, so my father obviously uh, mentioned pushing me towards the military just because it was going to be a good start to coming back to the States. Um, I had been away from it. I didn't have credit. I didn't have an establishment yet. So, uh, you know, him kind of pushed me into the military was a good step for me to come into, maybe do four years, see if I, I liked it or not, really get myself established, and then see what I wanted to do from there. Um, talked my brother into it. He's a year older. So we went, uh, came back to the States with my dad. He took us to a recruiter. We went to the Coast Guard recruiter, who was the closest one. And when they started showing us the boats that we'll be driving and all the cool stuff we could be doing, we were hooked. I mean, I was I was all about it. So uh, me and my brother actually signed up and joined together, went to boot camp together. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Now, did they give you guys uh, any problems with that? In boot oh, camp? The, the entire time. So me and my <laughs> brother can be uh, a bit of cut ups. So we got in trouble quite a bit. <laughs> um, and then our, our last names are Buchanan both. So when they'd yell us out, Buchanan, get out here, we'd both show up and then we'd both have to do push ups and both have oh, to do whatever. Shit. It was the worst. <laughs> That's great. Um, but it was a good time. I mean, we went through it. Um, it was really cool to go through that with my brother. Yeah, right. Um, so we kind of had a little competition there, right? Who's going to do better? Who's going to, you know, advance quicker? Uh, and that's a pretty, you got to say, that's a pretty unique experience. I mean, to, you know, you don't hear oh, yeah. of that often, man. I mean, brothers going in together. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's it's funny. You look at old movies like Saving Private Ryan, right? You got right. the guys yeah. who go out to war and the, the brothers pass and you're like sitting there. Oh, my goodness. We can't do that. So that's in the back of your mind. Like, oh, my gosh, we do something together. We both in harm's way. However, um, just the camaraderie of what that is, you know, nothing brings you closer than than men serving in the military and women serving in the military together, let alone with a family member. It's awesome. Right. Yeah. So it was really, really cool. Really great experience. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I think that's why me and my brother are so close. Uh, he ended up getting out of the Coast Guard, did four years, wasn't really for him, um, but loved the law enforcement side of it. So he became a cop and he's a police officer up in uh, up in Howard County, Maryland. Wow. So it's pretty cool. Nice. Um, I did not get out. I loved it. Um, I originally started in uh, New Smyrna Beach, which was a small Coast Guard station down there, mainly for search and rescue and, you know, local law enforcement for safety and stuff like that. Um, did that for four years. 
And the Coast Guard is a little different than the other, you know, branches of the military where we are overseas. The Coast Guard has been in every, you know, war or conflict there's been. Um, we're there for, you know, all types of supporting and security reasons and all that stuff. Um, so for the Coast Guard to go overseas, it's a volunteer basis. Wow. Um, they have the boats over there. They have the, the manpower. But what they do is they give you guys a priority one leaving there. So it kind of incentivizes Coast Guard guys from saying, I'll go over there, do a tour for a year and then have an incentive of coming back to the States and kind of picking where I want to go. Um, so me being a single guy, I thought that that sounded good. And I'd be able to serve my country where I needed me and come back and pick a pretty cool spot to go. Um, so I did it. I went overseas. Um, I ended up going to Bahrain, um, doing a tour there. Just interesting, interesting place. I uh, got to got to meet a bunch of the different international, um, you know, military branches, the British, Australian guys. Uh, worked with the, uh, the in Kuwait, worked with a lot of the guys, you know, the Marines and the Army guys and had a lot of fun with them. Where um, you at, uh, where, where you at in Kuwait? Were you Doha or something like that? Or Yes, yeah, so we, we pulled into um, a bunch of different spots. There was yeah. uh, Al Jazeera, you know, there's a bunch of different areas that we'd pull into and do support or they'd have to go to Kuwait City and resupply, restock everything. Yeah, because um, I mean, uh, yeah, what time frame were you over there? I was over there from 06 to 08. Okay, so yeah, we definitely yeah. missed. I was over there in two thousand three, <laughs> but a lot of what you're saying is like you know it definitely resonates with me. Oh yeah, and it's 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 crazy. I mean, to think going from the states, going over there, and, and seeing what you're doing there, right? And of course, you're military, so you got military around you. You're kind of you got that little bit of comfort with yourself. But man, a gig on a on the Coast Guard's different because you pull into into the base and you have to go to Kuwait City just to get restock your stores. So we would have to gun up, load up, drive to through Kuwait City, and then come back just to get groceries. Right. <laughs> That's a pretty interesting experience. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. But uh, it was pretty neat, man. Like I said, I, I got to work with a bunch of the Australian guys, the British guys, uh, a bunch of our American guys out there just, just having a great time uh, doing what we could. You know, we had some interesting in, in, interactions, but for the most part, it was good um, to a degree. You know, um, I was supposed to leave, do one year. And the guy that uh, was supposed to come out and relieve another guy that I was with got into a pretty bad car accident and couldn't make it out. And since it's that volunteer basis, it's a one for one switch off. They were going to make this other guy stay for another tour or at least half a tour while they were trying to replace him. And he had just had a kid. So me being single, I'm like, there's no way I'm going to make me go home and him stay here when he just had a kid. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I stayed in an extra nice tour. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I got a feeling you would do the same thing for me, man. I mean, that's what sure. military does. You know, we take yep. care of each other. So I did that. Or man. buddy I, fuck, I, you know, or you get buddy fucked. It's either way. With yeah, it's, it's <laughs> different ends of the spectrum, isn't it? It's, there's it's yeah, one there's the either one way or the <laughs> polar opposite, you know? Yeah, 100%, man. Uh, I got your back or I'll stab you in the back, whichever one you right, want. Right, yeah, 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 dude, exactly. Uh, so it was really cool to be part of that. I, I got to stay, help out. Um, I did another tour over there um, and then got party one. They sent me, uh, they got, to, I got to pick where I wanted to go and man, Coast Guard Miami beach is, was, and is the busiest unit in the Coast Guard. I mean, they oh, I do imagine. God, everything you can imagine that the Coast Guard does besides ice breaking, obviously, unless you consider what you put in your whiskey glass, um, everything you can imagine. Like we, we were out there doing law enforcement, drug interdiction, migrant operations, giant search and rescue cases. I mean, escorting cruise ships and doing 
worked with the DEA and all these other different, you know, three letter names and doing all this really cool bad boys type stuff yeah, uh, down in Miami. That was just that was always an intriguing part to me of being in the Coast Guard is yeah. you know, that kind of stuff, bro. Like the shore, you know, busting, you know, boats with drug dealers and, you know, stuff like that, dude. And it's, I imagine Miami, bro, because that's a that's a hot spot in general. And not only hot. that, but it stays it the weather itself stays generally, you know, nice. So a lot of people go there and, and it just is always busy, right? I mean it's gorgeous. One way or another. You, you gotta think, man, with that many people down there and that beautiful of weather and that much money that Miami has down there, the boats that are down there are just ridiculous. So you got you know, rich guys with boats that don't know how to drive boats that are just constantly running fast and getting in wrecks and we're having to go out there and save them or the scenery. Obviously, you got really good scenery down there. It's Miami Beach. Right. You can't go wrong with that. Yeah. Um, but it's just there's so much down there. The diversity of what what the problems are down there are huge. I mean, you can be it, it's just the unknown. Right. We would go go on a weekend uh, patrol and you're out there and you get called for a, a boat that hits a rock and two people get thrown in the water and you got to take them out of the water. And then right after that, you got to go chase down a drug boat. who's bringing in, you know, kilos of cocaine. And then the next day you're going and stopping a boat. that has got 37 migrates on it. It's, it's just one thing after another. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, man. I really mean, awesome. you definitely stay busy. Oh yeah. Um, and that's, that's what I wanted me leaving the, leaving the overseas and coming back. I wanted, I wanted action. I wanted busyness. I wanted to, I mean, it's the whole reason I joined was yeah. not to, you know, be comfortable and be put back, but was right. to actually get out there and, and do my part. Um, so Miami was by far my, my favorite tour. Um, it was just uh, ups and downs, but it was awesome. That's also where I met my wife. Um, my wife, Beverly, she was actually in the Coast Guard um, oh, wow. for a little yeah. bit. She got out after a couple of years and then we ended up starting dating. Um, but I met her. She's got a daughter, my stepdaughter, Marley, and then we had our own son, our own kid, uh, Lincoln. He's now seven. So we uh, we had a great time. Miami had a lot of good for me. Um, leaving there was sad, but uh, I got to leave leave Miami and and got to do a couple picks. And I, I love the small boat life of the Coast Guard. Uh, Coast Guard's really got two main reasons you can do or main purposes of it. You know, they have the big cutter life, which are our big boats. Navy will laugh at us and say those aren't big, um, <laughs> but they're 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 OK. <laughs> um, we don't have as many people on there, but that's good for us. Um, so the, the bigger boats, you know, a lot of guys love doing that because they're out there for weeks and months at a time. And they're they're traveling a lot more and they're doing all those things. But. I love the small boat life. I love going, being, you know, me being a, an E5 or an E6, being in charge of my own crew, taking my guys out there and, and just being the, the guy that's in charge, right? Like if I'm stopping a drug boat or if I'm search, doing a search and rescue case, I'm the reason, you know, that's happening. I'm out there with my crew and we're making sure it's happening. Now, being awesome. on a small boat, bro, you got to have some sea legs there a little bit, man. I mean, that's, you're definitely feeling every, you know, that's, you know, on those big ass Navy ships that are like, cities you know and you get lost on them you know on the smaller ships man I, I can imagine how much you feel in you know how rough the seas can get out there i don't know if it is out there you know out the miami side but i know oh yeah out here it gets pretty rough oh yeah, yeah. so miami's got I me mean, don't get me wrong the, the west coast has got the big ones though west yeah. coast has got the big waves i mean there's a big surf school uh in astoria oregon that they do uh the surf training there and i got to go to that for a while 
Um, and it's you're you're hitting 20 foot waves, getting flipped over in a boat and trying to flip it back over while you're trying to save somebody. You know, it's yeah, it's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Um, talk about piss your pants, right? Like you, you look you, <laughs> yeah, you look straight up and you see a wall piss of water. Your pants or shit your pants. What? <laughs> yeah. Either way, it's all mixed Both. with water. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we did we did, uh, you know, Florida had a lot. You got all the hurricanes coming through. So we're doing stuff with that. Uh, when Katrina hit, hit um, a bunch of us went over to Katrina uh, to New Orleans and helped with that. Um, so they kind of just threw us on small boats with axes and chainsaws and said, "Go find people." Um, wow. So that was that was interesting, right? Um, just not just crazy, you know. Just the experiences I've had have been amazing. I've got to do some really really cool stuff. Um, I've been privileged to be part of some great crews that saved, I believe, quite a bit of lives. Um, which is the goal of of the Coast Guard, you know, fully. Um, and it was awesome. I mean, just the fact that we're out there supporting other branches. I mean, the Navy SEAL guys would come buzz our boat sometime at night. Uh, wouldn't even know their boat's there until a wake moves your boat around and they start laughing at you. <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm just, sure, just good guys, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So had had a great time. Went to Charleston, South Carolina after Miami. Uh, just north of that was Georgetown, which is the small Coast Guard station. Um, again, was in charge of running boats, search and rescue law enforcement. Um, and we did a lot of different security patrols. We'd go, uh, up and down the board, the, you know, where East coast we do, um, Jacksonville, go help them out with security for super bowls and different act, you know, different events they had or a bunch of different stuff. It was just all, all wrapped in. Um, and then I got to do my twilight tour, which was, uh, what I just finished up. Um, there was a bunch of different bunch of different picks on my dream sheet I could have gone to. Um, and I was really kind of wanting to give back as much as I could since I had learned so much. So I chose to go to the uh, the Coast Guard Training Center here in Yorktown, Virginia. Uh, never been to a training center, never didn't know what it was going to be like, but I figured, hey, man, I've learned a lot. The Coast Guard's taught me so much. Maybe I can give back to some of the new guys coming in. So my command recommended me and I got I got picked to come out here. Um, and became an underway instructor on on the boats and just teaching, you know, all the young and up and coming guys how to drive boats properly, how to, you know, search for people, how to do all, all the all the cool stuff. Um, got extended for a year so I could finish out my retirement here and retired in September of 2022. Wow, man, that's outstanding. Yeah. Pretty, you know, pretty crazy um, career. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So. I got to hear a little bit more about some of these crazy stories, man. I mean, do you have any particular ones that like just always resonate in your head and you're like, damn, man, that, that one was pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, I can, one of the ones that I always go back to uh, when I was my first unit, actually, surprisingly, it's always those ones that always, you know, hit you hard. It's uh, I was on watch. So we have a communications watch room where we just listen to the radio overnight, making sure, and this is back in 2003. So this is, it's all changed well, yeah. since now. We got a lot yeah. of automated stuff, but before it was just on us. So we would stay up late at night listening to the radio and waiting for something to happen. Um, and we had a guy actually come in to the room, banging on the door. And I opened the door and he's all bloody and ripped up with clothes. And I'm like, what's going on? And he's like, our boat hit the jetties. It's on the rocks. My buddy's on there. He's paralyzed. We need help. So we get the crew together. We get out there. It's middle of the night. It's probably a good, you know, four or five foot seas. Um, and at night that's kind of tough trying to get up to the rocks. Um, we couldn't actually get up to it because it would obviously damage our boat and could possibly cause problems there. So I had to jump in the water, swim out to the rocks, climb up there, 
The guy was paralyzed, hit his back and was stuck in the boat. Um, Had to call the Hilo. Hilo sent a guy down. We strapped him in and sent him up and took him to the hospital. And then I jumped back in the boat, get back on our boat and we head back to to base. So it was awesome. I mean, it was just one of those really cool experiences. Three days later, we get a call about a boat adrift with someone in it. And it was the same guy. He had gotten out of the hospital, walked out there during high tide, pushed his boat off and tried to start it. And it wouldn't start. And he got stuck. And we had to go save him again. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, yeah, Damn. that was a pretty big one. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Yeah. Miami yeah, was uh, Miami was cool. I mean, like I said, you got there. There's times where we'd be chasing boats down. We got CBP or ICE calling us up, telling us about, you know, a boat that's coming in. Um, and they're not stopping. So we'd get to go out there and kind of um, do our tactics and stop them, either shoot their engines out or, you know, use use whatever we could to, to get them to stop, which was awesome. Um, had a guy jump off a cruise ship in Miami one time in about eight foot seas in the middle of the night. He thought he was uh, close enough to shore, um, but he wasn't. So we had to search. <laughs> right. It's yeah. definitely deceiving. Crazy. Right. So you, you got all these things that happen, man. I mean, just uh, the water is completely different than the land. You, you get yeah. you get tunnel vision of stuff. Um, it's really cool about the story because my wife was actually um, working with me at the time. She wasn't my wife at the time, um, but we worked together on the same boat crew. So we went out for this case and the guy um, had jumped in the water. We had everyone looking for him. Um, it, it's really hard to find a person, especially at night in eight foot, any seas, but eight foot you know, waves. It's going to be almost impossible. Um, luckily we, you know, stuck to the training and, and did our, our calculations and we were looking in this area and my wife at the time just yelled, Hey, kill the engine. I hear somebody and we're thinking, yeah, right. So we kill the engine real quick. And sure enough, we hear this guy yelling. She points the spotlight and it shines off his head and we found him and pulled him on board. And he was about that close from, you know, um, hypothermia and almost dying and we, we actually saved him and and she got out of the coast guard a couple uh, weeks later so that was like a really cool experience because me and her got to do that together yeah no kidding my god yeah it was awesome yeah man um now in miami you know you hear a lot of issues with our borders and stuff like that is there a lot of um uh, you know migrants and stuff that definitely try to come in through you know the miami waters and all that yeah. i mean you always see, i mean i've seen videos of it where they come in some crazy boats too. <laughs> and I mean, and uh, it seems like there's a lot of abandoned boats on the shores and stuff like that. So I, it sounds like some of them do land, but oh, uh, yeah. is it pretty crazy with them trying to get it through? Yeah, man, you get, I mean, they, they, they come over not just on boats. I mean, I've seen trucks, I've seen cars that have been turned into boats, <laughs> um, makeshift rafts they've made, you know, the, the, the Cuban side of it was, was bad for a while with everything going on. Um, and there was a there was almost like a wet foot, dry foot type of scenario where if they landed on American soil, we would good. were there to help them out. Right. Um, yeah. But if if not, then we got to send them back because that's just what it is. So I remember having a guy he had I had personally. Personally, I had stopped him at least four or five times um, and he said he had done it 16 times. And uh, on the 17th time, I, we got a call about some guys landing on on an island right off of the coast there. And we got there. It was part of our land. So they, they made it. And it was him. So I walked up to him and shook his hand and said, man, you made it. 17 tries. Way to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but yeah, I mean, you deal with that quite a bit. It, it was going on a lot. Um, a lot of nights were, were going out there and just trying to get them, you know, they're people. So you're trying to make sure they're safe, sure. but you're trying to do the right thing and make sure they're, they're taken care of. And, you know, some of it's sad because you gotta, you gotta stop them from coming to the States, but then you also got to realize there's, there's the right way to do it. So. Now, are a lot of them in bad shape when you guys come across them? I mean, because some of them probably been out there for a minute, and a lot of times they start running out of water, and you know, yeah, I, mean, I imagine they can't bring a lot of stuff with them. So, no, that what they have with them is it. I mean, it's it's bare minimum. Um, we've had certain instances where people almost threw babies at us when they were on their boat trying to just mm. to get the baby onto our boat. Um, it's 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 sad when you see a lot of this stuff, and and you you feel feel for them because of the what they got to go through just to get here. Um, but, you know, our job was there to protect them as much as we could um, with also protecting us. Right. That, that's our, that's sure. our goal. And it was, it was, like you said, it was, it was tough. You, you deal with a lot of just people. I can't hate to say it, but we found a lot of dead bodies in the water, a lot of dead people that just didn't make it because of right. the, the treachery that it was. No, I imagine, man. I mean, it's, you know, the ocean is, 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 it's, unpredictable and yeah. you know the climate and the all that stuff and then you get those storms that just pick up and the wave swells become so huge that you can't even fathom it i mean it's you know Absolutely. so i mean it's crazy to see that a lot of you know these people make it or you know come just short of making it you know but it's it, it is a crazy situation and and how dire they are to get out of where they're at to come somewhere else. Right. And I mean, think about that, how that pulls on your heartstrings, right? You're stopping a family from who's, you know, a couple miles away from freedom, basically. And it, it's tough. I mean, you're, 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 you're doing your job. You're doing what you know is, is required for the country and what's right, but it also pulls your heartstrings. Right. And I mean, I, that's kind of why I feel like uh, they definitely keep us young when we go in and uh, we don't have families and stuff like that. So, you, you know, because when you definitely start having kids and oh. a family, bro, you start to reflect everything. and you think, oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it definitely changes how you look and how you feel, you yeah. know? So, um, you know, it's, it, it's definitely a different feeling when you're, you're a single person and you don't have kids, but when you, and even sometimes when you don't, you know, just if you had siblings and you grew up with that, yeah. You know, kids always got my, you know, a string to my heart, dude. And, and then usually the elderly folks and stuff like that. A lot of times the people that just can't really fend for themselves. And it, but it's just crazy. I couldn't think as a parent. And I guess because, you know, I've never had to live this life. Yeah. I've been in such a bad situation that I'm willing to risk the kid's life and everything and put them a little infant, yeah. you know, and, and go through some rough waters, you yeah. know, I mean, think about how some of us Americans are with our babies, right? You know, could you imagine what some of these other countries have to go through to just, you know, flee and get out where they're from and, and, and it's a crazy situation, you know, but we have to protect ourselves here too. It's, it, it you know, because, the matter of the fact is, you know, not everybody that comes over here is nice. That's right. You know, or and wants to play nice, you yep. know, so or has great intentions. Yeah. You know, and that's what ruins it for a lot of great people because, you know, America is is definitely founded on a lot of settlers and, and people that have came from 
a lot of different countries, but a lot of those people came here and wanted to build America yeah. and, and make America, you know, and instead of take from it, you know, so that's kind of where we're starting to go now. People are starting to want to take versus give, and, yeah. and it's just kind of changing that dynamic. Yeah, the world's definitely shifting, I think, to, to more of a what can it do for me instead of what can I do for it. Correct, um, and, yeah. And we're really getting away from that, and that's, that's sad. Right, because um, uh, that's not how this how we how we got so far with everything, right? right? I mean, <laughs> you know, everything wasn't handed to us. Everything wasn't at a at a click of a button. Yeah, you know, there was people literally over there churning everything. You know, now what takes some people just a click, you know? And it's true what you say, like you're talking about, you know, with uh, bringing up kids and stuff. Like, I mean, the Coast Guard's job is is to go out there and and ser do search and rescue is our main is our main focus, right? I mean, humanity you got, efforts, you know, yeah, yeah just as, as much as possible. So whether right. it's with Katrina or whether it's with just somebody going out there as a pleasure craft, trying to have a good time with their family and something happening. I mean, I can't tell you after I had did have my kids being out there and having to go, you know, pull pull a kid out of the water um, that might not have made it, man. It was it was one of the toughest things I've had to do. Yeah. yeah, man, because, you know, uh, it, it is a different thing when you walk a mile in someone's shoe or you just get that feeling, you know, it's, it's, it's different, Yeah, you know, um, especially when it comes to children, uh, you know, cause when you're sitting there pulling out a kid and you have a kid at same age, you're just thinking, oh my gosh, man, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine early. as a parent yeah. what this parent's going through. Cause now you're not just, now you're not just thinking about the kid. You know, you're thinking about, wow, the, well, the parents, everything, yeah. the kind of all the thoughts that come with it. When you're when you're like a single person and you don't have kids, you're you're more worried about like, oh, that's kid. You know, you're not thinking about all the like, wow, how bad is the parents hurt right now yeah. and everything else? It, it's it's crazy. And, and being, you know, what we did is we would have to be the ones that go up there and, and tell them, look, we're searching. We're looking as much as we can. We're doing everything we can. And sometimes you just don't, you don't find them and it's, that's heartbreaking. Um, yeah, and that's, that's, that's probably that's some of the hardest of stuff. Yeah. And I don't compare myself to doctors, no, nothing like that, but right, just having no. to deliver that news is, is horrible. Oh, I couldn't even imagine, dude. I mean, and so, you know, now with a lot of this stuff, did you, and when you retired, did you go through a lot, you know, are you going through like PTSD stuff, you know, or are you not really... You know, have you not really got to that part in your life? Um, no, you know, so I definitely, I, I definitely went through the VA stuff properly. Um, I luckily had a friend of mine who retired a couple of years previously and helped me, helped me go through the VA the proper way, make sure I'm getting everything documented, make sure I'm doing the right stuff. But I mean, I, I'm not gonna lie to you, I have dreams about it. You know, I think about you know, uh, past uh, cases I've had. I've, I've woken up in some sweats thinking about some things I've had. It's it's tough for me to be around large crowds, um, yep. especially after going overseas. Um, I think most military guys know this. Like we get that innate sense of keeping my back to the door or to the wall at all times, so I can see my exits. Um, <laughs> that innate sense of hey, I might be at Bush Gardens having a great time with my family, but the entire time all I'm doing is looking at threats. <laughs> and it's it's something that you just it's in us now. Like we can't change that. Um, and a lot of the guys that I've talked to, I mean, a lot of these military vets that I, I talk with all the time, a bunch of my friends, every different branch. I'm like, why, why haven't you gotten, you know, sought out some help for this? Why haven't you talked to somebody? Oh, I don't like, I don't like the persona of it saying my head's not right. Yep. Your head's not right. You're, you're, you were in the military, man. You, you 
saw and did and were part of things that no one else was. And you need to be able to talk about that. And it's okay. Right. 100%. You know, and that's why that's kind of why we do these podcasts, you know, is, yeah. is, is to bring these conversations up kind of like what we're doing right now, Yep. you know, because it's gotta be talked about, bro, you know, and, and don't feel ashamed. You know, it, it the young me was very, you know, hard headed. Yeah. You know, when I got out, nah, man, there ain't nothing wrong with me. Fuck that. Everybody else is wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, and, and then you allow so much time to go by living that kind of mentality, bro. And you destroy relationships, you know, and you look back and like, gosh, damn, if I could unfucked myself a while back, I probably wouldn't have had so many bad relationships, you know right. what I mean? Or, or whatever, or, I mean, it just, the sooner you could kind of start to feel like, cause everything that you just said, bro, I go through it too. You yep. know what I mean? And it's okay for us to talk about that. And it's okay that you have that, you know, you know, it's the being aware of it is, is the most important part of it. And, and knowing that, you know, there is something there. Yeah. And it's, it's the outlook that we have. I mean, we, we get into this comfortability that, you know, we're a strong military person, right? Man or woman, we, we served our country. We were strong. We have to be a certain way. And when we're in, Hundred percent, dude. We do. Sure. I mean, yep. every branch. You you gotta you gotta you suck it. it up. You have to have it. Yes, this isn't a job that you know. If your boss is mean to you, you can run off and say, "Well, I quit," or right. "I don't want to do this Let anymore." Me, no, yeah. man, you're in it. <laughs> um, so having that mindset of, "Hey, look, man, like you're gonna go through the crap, and when you're done, you got to talk about it." Um, right. And that's why you got all like you know podcasts like this and. Just going to going and talking to vets, man. I mean, I go to a um, bunch of friends that I know. I, I my job now, um, I'm able to walk around and talk to people all day. And man, when I when I meet a vet, dude, I'll talk 20 minutes with them just about. I, I've made friends that way, just meeting these guys, talking to them, getting to know them a little bit, and they all go through it. And we get into this mindset of, hey, we're strong, we don't need help, but we do. Um, and it might not be the help that you know we have to sit there and cry in front of you, but our help is, Hey man, we went through it. This is what it is. Just be there with me. You're on my side. That's it. Yeah. Let's just talk about some of these things, you know, and in part about important part of talking about it too, is it helps educate our loved ones as well. Yeah. You know, because our loved ones sometimes don't understand why don't we like to go to the family functions or why don't right. we like to, you know, why is everything short, like fucking two hour deal? Like, hey, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, we're getting we're leaving at this time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, babe, like I, I'm going, but let's just leave by this time, you know, and so that way they could kind of understand, you know, because it took a while for even, you know, um, my wife to f kind of understand it, but she took the time to kind of understand it. So yep. that's why it started working out and, and she started realizing, Hey, when we go to restaurants, I know kind of where he needs to sit, how yep. he needs to sit, you know? Yep. So she already's like, are you good, honey here? And you know, and it, it, you know, instead of it kind of being a combative thing or any type like that, it's, it's now she's understanding and it's yep. easier to work with stuff. And when you have PTSD, you get triggered by things easily. So your zero to yeah. 60 is, is, is there, you know what I mean? You can get fucking pissed really oh, yeah. quick about something, you know? Um, but having someone that helps not trigger that and, and it, you're still going to have those moments, you know, cause that's just, 
yeah. it's there. You, you know, like I said, being aware of it, and then that's when you can start minimizing it is when you start being aware of it. But if you have someone on the other side who constantly is triggering that, man, it's really going to enable your PTSD and bring it out in the worst way. 100%, you know? man. Yeah, and, and it's funny because, like, I always relate it to being a father, right? Your father, in the military, you, you're, you're structured so much where – you know, and I, I know Marines are a whole lot more than this. Coast Guard work, where you know, not as not as military as the Marines or the Army, but man, you guys are so structured in this. You know, do this job. There's no questions about it. I'm doing it. This is what it is. So now we're a, we're a father, and we're telling our kids to do that, and they're not responding like we did. Now what? <laughs> now that's triggering us. <laughs> right? Exactly, bro. Yep. Exactly. A hundred percent, man. You know, because everything for us was life or death. So yep. it's like, you know, you tell your kid, well, if you don't do it, you that could be death. You know, it's like, hold up, you know, because yeah. that was a younger me, bro. That was yeah. a younger dad in me. I, I mean, I put my kids through a little bit of some mini boot camps some time yeah. to time, you know, I mean, uh, but now I reflect back and I'm like, and like, man, damn, they they were they didn't go through that. You know, they wouldn't go through that training. And here yep. I am having that expectations from them because it's just instilled in me. And, and mine was different, but it was, you know, I'm always trying to relate it to yeah. my, my day now, you know, my day yeah. now. And it's, it's funny too. Cause like the job that I'm in now, I mean, I work with a lot of younger guys. I work with a lot of guys who are, um, you know, we're, we're contractors almost we're, we're out there working for ourselves. So we don't have that structure. Um, and I'm starting to realize in the corporate world and the, and the other, other jobs, man, they need structure. That the military, that's why I think so many companies out there are so military friendly and are all about hiring, you know, retired military, ex-military, because that structure that we bring to any anything we do. I mean, I don't care if you're you're a trash guy or you're a McDonald's worker, like you're bringing some structure with you that is just not seen in the workplace as much as it should be. Um, and it's really cool to see. Especially nowadays, man. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's getting even more tough, you know, because um, we're getting to that level of, like you said, bro, what, what do you, you know, what are you going to give me? Yeah. You know, what are you going to give me? You know, and, and there's, I mean, dude, check it out. Like when I got out of the Marines, I went into aerospace. I worked at Northrop Grumman um, 15 years before I went out a hundred percent unemployable and stuff like that. But while I was there, bro, you'd have these guys come in right off the street or whatever, you know, come in and asking for raises almost off rip. And I'm sitting here yeah. like, damn, man, I've yeah. been here for three years. I haven't even started asking for a raise <laughs> yet, but I was like, maybe I should, you know what yeah, I mean? Right? And then, you know, it's just different though. You know, when you, when you come from a world of structure, very much structure, everything is super structure. And then, yeah. you know, time is very much, you know, 15 minutes prior, you, you know, if you're not 15 minutes prior, you're late, you're late. you know, 100%. in that world, yeah. um, you know, and stuff. And so those are the type of things that was just drilled into us. And, and, you know, for me, you know, I am, let's see, shoot, like 20 years removed now from it, you know, but I still yeah. have a lot of the Marine Corps instilled in me, you yep. know, because they just drilled it into me. It became repetition for me. It became muscle memory. And, you know, so does everybody translate? No, but you know what? If you've gone through four years or longer, I mean, especially if you've gone through longer, 
it's definitely going to be harder to, to yeah. break some of your it's your ways, man. Your- Twenty years, bro. You're just yeah. You're theirs. You know what I mean? You're just you're 100. percent 20 years is a long time to give to someone. Right, and it's it's funny that the thing that I've I've noticed about uh, just being out um, and even starting to see the guys that are still in. And I mean, doing wrong, you know, the military is changing itself as well. It's not the same military it was sure. five years ago, let alone 10 years ago. Right. Um, but it's to me, it's it's the difference between being uncomfortable and being comfortable. Um, military, we get very used to being uncomfortable. We're constantly moving. We're constantly having to change where we're going, constantly having to, to change what our job is. You know, it might be one job here, but the next place is something completely different or whatever that is. Yeah. Um, and the world now, I mean, you got all these guys that are out there that say they want to be successful. They say they want to, they're hungry for, for being, you know, the best they can be and they're not willing to get uncomfortable. And I think, I think that's what a big problem is right now is everyone is so comfortable you know, it's like the guy who's uh, I'm making 40,000 a year. I'm comfortable with that. You could do so much more, but all you got to do is change little habits of your life, man. Just do small things that'll make you a better person. And and that's huge. We're all into instant gratification, you oh, know, yeah. and then, you know, once we get that instant gratification, we get bored of that gratification and we want more, yep. you know, and that's just, that's the trouble we're running ourselves into, 100%. you know, where people are getting to that level of expectations are super high. Um, you know, it's like, gosh, damn, when you turn 18, you, what, you need a Mercedes Benz. And, you know, I mean, like all this yeah. stuff, you know, these kids, they need $1,500, $2,000 phones, you know, like I, yeah. you know, we, we were lucky to have a pager back in my day, dude, but like a $1,500 phone, my mom would have never, we could have never right. even afforded that, you know? Um, but like the expectations from the generations are, well, everybody else got it, you know, and now, and so we got that expectation that everybody yeah. needs it. Everybody has it. We all got to have it, you know? And now what does that look like if we, if we don't let them have it right now, we look like the ones that are holding them back from everybody else. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Isn't it crazy how yeah. it starts to work that way? Ridiculous. You know, when you, you know, and when doing the right thing at least in your head starts to become the bad thing it's like oh sheesh you know the world's definitely changing right i mean you know i got a daughter who's in college um and i got a little dude who's six so i've got you know very you know and i got a whole bunch in between yeah but um boy i could just tell you to see the difference and like how they're all just their mindset and the way the world is, is, is getting into them now. It's, it's just crazy. Yeah. My seven-year-old's my tech support, man. If I have a problem with my phone, <laughs> I, I give my phone to my seven-year-old and he takes care of it for me. <laughs> you know, it's crazy how tech savvy that's yeah. one thing with the generations below us is they're very tech savvy. Yeah. You know, I think our generation was more of a hands-on um, yeah. type of generation and building and stuff. Now this one's more of a touch generation you know and but you know you you see like the reels and stuff are very popular and the reels are like really quick tidbits man so our and i even know just being a podcaster you know how much the the view time that we get you know you get people watch for a couple minutes they're gone you know what i mean on to the next they may come back and see again um but our attention span is is very captured in a very small instruments now like it's just it's kind of crazy to me 
yeah. you know and it's and, funny because my my brother uh being up in a cop up there we grew up the same time obviously obviously we had a little different background living in these third world countries and these other spots so we got sure. to we got to really you know uh appreciate what america does have and what we have here um but we're instilling on our kids and we noticed that most of the pictures we're posting of you know me and my son and him and his son is us out doing hikes and us out walking around and camping or us out there riding bikes and doing the things we did as kids. And then all the other kids are out there posting pictures of them on the video games or them doing a podcast or them doing a YouTube or whatever those are. And that's, that's their heroes now. And it's, it's, I, I love, I love the fact that me and my brother have the same mindset. It's like, look, we're going to raise our kids to be those outdoor, not stuck behind a computer desk, not stuck in the house all the time. Like, you got to explore, man. You got to get uncomfortable and you got to go outside when it's cold and you got to have fun and you got to go outside when it's raining and kick a football around and get wet and come back and get warm up and have a good time. You know, bro, you really make a really good point with the getting uncomfortable thing. Yeah. That just, you know, getting uncomfortable helps a lot of things. You know, for one, it brings you down to a level of understanding and appreciation. Yeah. Because you were uncomfortable. You know, yeah. so the most people that are the most appreciative and the ones that um, probably don't complain about as much and, and appreciate life are the ones that have been living the most, have lived an uncomfortable part of their life yep. and got through it. You know yeah. what I mean? And don't yeah. want to ever feel that uncomfortable or they don't want their families to feel well, that yeah. uncomfortable. And right? I found that if you, uh, and I'm sure you do, but if you ever read these books or you watch other podcasts about, you know, success or, or, or you know, guys trying to be better, I've read books like Atomic Habits and, and The Power of One More and stuff like that. Like you read these books and to be uncomfortable is what makes you successful. Kobe Bryant, right? Like everyone else, when he first started, you, you probably heard about it, you know, his first year on the team, he went out there and played like crap, didn't play very well, didn't, didn't do great. So that summer when everyone else was taken off, he spent in the gym and he had to get uncomfortable saying every day, instead of doing what everybody else is doing, I'm going to shoot my shot. I'm going to, I'm going to run, I'm going to run, I'm going to run. And then the next year he outran everybody because he got uncomfortable enough to get good. And that's where success comes and everything that's right. We get uncomfortable. If we can get uncomfortable and say, you know what? I don't care of a stigma. I'm going to go talk to somebody. Growth is going to happen. I don't care if I'm on a job and, and, you know, I'm comfortable where I'm at. If I can get uncomfortable and maybe go into work a little earlier, get out work later, work harder, guess what? I'm going to grow and be more successful. That's where it comes down to. Man, I love it. You know, because it is a true thing, you know. Yeah. Um, being uncomfortable gives a lot of appreciation. It just brings awareness. I mean, there's just so much there. You know what I mean? Um, I, I, I could a test for myself you know i've been there and it makes you know uncomfortable is having to go sit there and be in front of a, a psych and have yep. to tell them you know and and i found myself holding back yeah. the first couple of times and not just going out and just because yep. then when i really gave them the they're like holy shit you know like <laughs> Because there's just so up. much, there's so much <laughs> stuff that I really wasn't ready to be uncomfortable with. Yep. But, man, you know when you said this uncomfortable thing, it really resonates really me with me a lot right. because I think for me, I've been that's when the turnaround point was for me is when I finally went in there and just 
made myself super uncomfortable. Yep. And told her, it was a lady. I told her everything, you yep. know, every single thing I was feeling and things that were going through my head, uh, uh, ways that my body would react to stuff, yep. you know, all those kind of things. And it, man, I mean, it, that I think was a changing point for me though. Yeah. Another thing is, is I had a, admit being a bad you know not doing great with my first two older kids you know yeah. and that was uncomfortable having to admit that yeah but you know man doing the uncomfortable thing though brings you to a level where you want to get yourself to a comfortable level so you get, want to get out of that you know yeah i mean it's like uh you ever heard of i'm sure you heard david goggins right i mean the dude's a beast he talks about that uncomfortability all the time like i i'm uncomfortable but that's where i want to be I want to stay uncomfortable because what that's going to do is drive me right. When everyone else is uh, sleeping at four 30 in the morning, I'm out there running and that's me being uncomfortable and they're comfortable in their bed. I guess who's going to win the race me because I'm Man. uncomfortable. Yeah. And uh, gosh, damn bro. Like exactly. <laughs> you know, that goes with fitness that goes with everything. Yeah. You know, to, to you know, to put yourself in a, you know, uh, get yourself fit, which I can use it myself. We all can, you got it. You got to get yourself uncomfortable. You yep. know, you got to get up. You got to go work. You know, I don't got time. You got to make time. Yeah. You know it, what I mean? And that's our excuse. We're, we're just, you know, our, our, we always got an excuse as to why we can't do something that we can do. Yeah. You know, but we're out there doing things that we shouldn't be doing, you know? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and, and it's funny. Like, I, I got a buddy of mine that we talked the other day, and he was telling me, man, he goes, I don't have time for anything. I, I don't have the money for this. I don't have the, I don't have this. So I asked him, and I remember hearing this somewhere. I'm a professional plagiarizer. I'll tell you that right off the bat. I, I get my stuff from books <laughs> and people, and I spit it out. Um, right. But it's, I, I asked him, I said, if, if, you know, if I gave you a million dollars right now, but you have to die tomorrow, would you take it? He said, no. I said, okay, so time is more important than money to you. Right. If I gave you a million dollars right now, but you couldn't use your legs anymore, would you take it? Well, no. All right. Then time is more important than your health. Right. So when you look at it, time is our currency and how you spend it. I, I can't tell you, man, I changed it changed my life when I started realizing the time that I was putting towards things that didn't help me or didn't matter towards the times that did. Oh, man. I mean, just driving in my car instead of listening to music, I listen to a podcast or I listen to a uh, you know, an audio book and it's changing my life and it's getting uncomfortable because you know what I was used to driving and, you know, listening to music and feeling good about it. But now dude, that uncomfortableness of, you know what, sometimes the book's going to call me out on some things. Sometimes someone like you on a podcast is going to say something's going to resonate with me. And I'm like, ah, oh, crap. I got to admit some faults of myself. I got to admit some things I'm not doing. And that's where the growth comes. Yeah, bro. Absolutely. I mean, you know, and that's that's a thing with these podcasts, dude. Is it, it's it's a it's a good way to help break and have conversations. And there's just so much more that we can learn from watching podcasts or even even books yeah. versus these these. You know, the music industry it just plays these like two sentences with a good beat. You know what I yeah. mean? What do we learn in there? You know yeah. what I mean? Besides a hook with a good beat you know what i mean yeah. and don't get me wrong music is great and it's a yes. great time I, I love i love music but to gain stuff it's you're gonna gain a lot more from these kinds of conversations with real yeah. people that are living real life and going through real life shit that you're actually oh, yeah. going through you could be sitting here at your you know at your desk or at home just sitting you're like gosh man been really struggling i'm stuck you know 
you know, there's part of two of having these podcasts is trying to show everybody there's different communities for everybody. Everybody. You know, you could be sitting at home and feeling like you're, you're not, you can't be a part of nothing and you're not a part of anything because, you know, bullshit. I can attest to you that I've seen a lot of nonprofits. I've seen a lot of different podcast groups that just want to open up their, their, you know, to, to everybody and have a family and make a community out of it and just say, Hey man, let's hang out. Let's, let's talk. You know, we don't, nowadays we got this luxury of being able to see each other. And, yeah. and and talk like we're back on the you know in the Jetsons or something you know <laughs> like you know we're, we're now living in a, a day and age where we could actually have conversations and actually look at each other now instead of having to you know talk over a phone where you can't really yeah. hear or see you know sees people's expressions and stuff but you know it's just it's a great thing and and I hope when people watch these things they 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 start to it starts to resonate with them and just say hey man gosh damn you know, just because I'm not in the service anymore, that doesn't mean I, I life stops here and I'm nothing, yeah. nothing. And I'm, you know, I'm not any valuable to anybody, you know? And, and I, I, I bring it back to the comfortable, uncomfortable thing, man. I, I, yep. I gotta keep doing it. My, my buddy of mine, he, uh, he retired, uh, he got out of the uh, army. He went through a lot of stuff. He was just not in a good place. Um, and I reached out to him and asked him like, Hey, why aren't you reaching out to some of these other people why aren't you reaching out to different uh you know camps and like camp southern ground zach brown's thing and these other camps that they got going on or veteran you know informs and support um and it came back to being uncomfortable right he was so comfortable being uncomfortable with his life that he didn't want to get outside of that and go pursue anything so he had to realize look man i'm comfortable being this which is uncomfortable for myself. But once I push past that uncomfortability and go talk to somebody about it, it changes everything, right? Because like you said, what this podcast does, man, there's so many people out there that are thinking no one else is going through what they're going through or no one else has been through what they've been through. But when they get to hear people talk about that, it's going to give them that, hey, you know what? Maybe I need to get uncomfortable and go talk to people. Yeah, because you know what's crazy, bro, is – Everyone that we talk to, a lot of our stories are the same. So same it's thing. like you get, you start to say, "Oh shit, I'm not so crazy, bro. I'm yeah. not alone." That's right. You know, like there's other people out there. Hey, honey, look. Hey, honey, look. There's other guys like me. Yeah. You know, like let's let's learn from this. You know, there's a lot that could be learned from each other because, dude. Even though that, like, I recognize, yeah, I'm aware I got PTSD, I got social anxieties, I got, you know, this and that and the other. That doesn't mean I'm perfect right now. That doesn't mean that, you know, I go through life perfect. But it, you know what? I'm more aware now. Yeah. And life is a lot better for me now. A lot more manageable. Yeah. I don't go zero to 60 on everything that comes through me. Everything's not a travesty. That's right. You know what I mean? Yep. And, and you got to start, you know, weathering the right storms. And I think the, the best way to look at our, ourselves is like we're a vessel. And you want to have a strong vessel because when the storms come, you want to be able to, to go through those storms, man. And if you have a weak vessel, you're going to take on water. You might sink your ship. You know what I mean? And so, 100%, man. And then and, and just, you know, talking to like-minded folks you know it, it, 
get away from talking to people that just may not be there, you know, or understand, you know, because right. that's, I think a lot of times we go to our coworkers, we go to some of our be- uh, friends that we grew up with, and we just automatically think they're going to understand what we've gone through. Yeah. Or they're going to be able to relate to our stories. And, and it, they're just not, man. I mean, nope. they'd, you know, until you strapped on the boots and tied them up or whatever and walked kind of a mile in someone's shoes, it's it's really hard to have those conversations with folks that don't get it. Yeah. And you know? and a lot of it is just being able to listen, right? Being able to say, hey, look, man, I, I have a story too, but it's not my turn. It's your turn. Let me hear Correct. it. Yep. And then and then we can so, – so many people are, are are listening to react instead of listening to listen, right? And it's it's pretty amazing when you can get someone who can just wants to hear you let me hear what you're going through, man. I don't have to respond. I don't have to tell you my story. Right now, I'm here for you. Let me listen. And guess what? Next time, you listen to me. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it, it's important that it's it's. I think that you know that's the problem. You know, sometimes with us as humans, as we're so caught up in what we got going on that sometimes we're we're not we're not ready or we're just not willing to listen to someone else, and we're just you know we got to tell our story, you know, yep. and it, and in that just sometimes there's a lot of people out there. When you do that though, they just shut down, shut down. Yep. And now you lost that, you know, you yep. lost them, the, the, them going to talk. Yep. Lot, now you just took off an Avenue for them. One, you know, yep. one outlet, you know, so it's important sometimes that you realize, especially when it comes to like, you know, veterans and stuff like that. Um, when they're ready to talk, Sometimes you just got to listen, you know? Yep. Just because, shut up and listen. <laughs> man, because the, the chances are a lot of times they don't want to talk. Yep. You know, so if you're getting that opportunity, it's time to listen, you know? And that's why I think it's good for um, when veterans talk to each other and, and they just, you don't have to be in the same branch, man. I mean, right. a lot of things that you, you're, you're the Coast Guard, I'm Marines. A lot of what you've said, service connected whatever it, it yep. relates to me as well you know yep. take me out i do the exact same thing but put me in a restaurant I, i'm i'm wondering where the exits are yep. i i've been to concerts bro and we've left yeah you know because a guy had a flip phone and i was yeah. tripping me out like why is a person still got a flip phone yeah. you know like and it just the the person just fit the 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 bill that i'm used to seeing not you know yeah, it, it just had. I'm alarmed, bro. I'm, and yeah. I'm not. I'm different now. My my mind's not there. You know. So when I go to a place, I'm not there having as much fun as everybody else is half yeah. the time. I just can't. That, my mind is thinking about this, that, or the other. So I never go to anywhere a hundred percent just having a great time in that environment. Right. You know, um, it very very seldom. I did go to event. Um, which was a military event called Hero Stock. I, mm-hmm. And that's where I met Barbara. And um, we had a great time at that event. That was probably one of the places I, f- I felt the most comfortable yeah. in the longest time. That's you know, good. And it was just because the community of people that it was with, Yeah, I, it just made me feel like I was in a comfortable spot, man. And I actually felt like it was more of a family event than it was just like me at a place like... All right, I, I, I see how big that son of a bitch is. He's number yeah. one. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> who am I taking out first? <laughs> right. Like, I got that dude. All right. Yeah. He's going to probably take a mug. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. like uh, stuff like that. But 
it's, yeah, man. It's, it's a thing we all go through, man. It's it, different levels, right? Your level is different than my level, but there's still a, a camaraderie to it. There's still a, a balance of what we do. I mean, you, you've seen things I haven't seen. I've seen things you haven't seen together. We're still affected by those things in a lot of the same ways. And we just have a level of understanding, you know what I yep. mean? It's, you know, I understand you and you understand me. And that's the easier part. Sometimes that we feel like the people we talk to don't understand us. Yeah. You know, and that's where we start feeling disconnected and we start sheltering ourselves. Yeah. Because we don't feel like we connect with anybody anymore. You know, nice. so when you start getting around your like-minded folks, you start, well, yeah, bro, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, you become a mosh pit. I like it. <laughs> you know, yeah, man, it just gets like, yeah, bro, I haven't talked to a human being in a long time. You know, yep, yep. Uh, but uh, awesome. Yeah, man. Well, uh, dude, is there anything else you want to talk about before we uh, jump off? Any last thoughts? Man, I, I just, I want to thank you first off for having me on here, dude. Like, th- this is awesome. Something. Uh, a platform like you have here where you're getting the conversations out there, you're letting people understand that, you know, the more uncomfortable you get, the more you're going to grow, the better you're going to get the, you gotta, you gotta step outside of that zone and really, Hey man, like talk to people, get to know each other, get to get, get to get to understand that we have the same struggles and the same, the same outlook and, and you're going to do better. I think that's amazing. So I appreciate you having me on here, man. Um, I, I, I love it. I'm going to keep up with you. Keep watching this. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, push it around to as many people as I can. Man, I appreciate you, Lance. And uh, I really enjoyed this, man. I, I, like I said, I've always been intrigued by the Coast Guard. And um, I, you know, not too many Marines say they wanted to join something else. But I actually <laughs> did want to join the Coast Guard, you know what I mean? So yeah. um, I was, I loved having you on, brother. Um, let's it. keep in touch, man. I got your number. Uh, feel free to, to keep in touch with me, man, anytime. And uh, I like we do it, a Wacky Wednesday show on wednesdays it's live it's uh open panel which is today actually um and uh it's just a fun time man we had a lot of fun on there we like to uh, this today's like kind of a halloween hypothetical question type thing yeah um so it's a lot of fun man we do it at 4 p.m pacific standard every wednesday um it's like just it. something to do to, and to hang out you know what i mean so i'll hop on them man all right brother well uh once again i appreciate you have a great one you too my man have a good one guys all right all right, friends and fam. Well, that wraps up another great episode. I am excited. And uh, don't forget, guys, you know, this is going to be your opportunity when we wrap it all up to go back, watch all the episodes, and get yourself caught up before season two hits. Um, definitely going to try to hit another 50 for season two. We'll see. That's going to be a tall glass to fill, but uh, we'll get at it. So I uh, hope everyone is out there killing it and having a great day. Until next time, we'll see you guys. Urgh.